0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pat with a quick special announcement here to start this episode. The Smart Passive Income Podcast is up for an award this year. We've been nominated for the podcast awards for top business podcast at podcastawards.com. And I need your help. Voting can happen daily between now and March 24th. So go ahead and go to podcastawards.com and look for Smart Passive Income under the business category. It would help out so much. We've been nominated twice in the past, and we haven't won yet, but I think this is going to be the year. And uh, if you are a hardcore SPI fan and you want daily reminders, go to ivoteforpat.com and sign up there for daily reminders. They'll be sent to you through March 24th, and then I'll delete the list after that. So what do you say, guys? We're going to do this year. Please vote for daddy for president. No, not, not for president, for, for a podcast sort. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I vote for Pat.com, and here is the start of this episode. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 152. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. He took singing lessons for two weeks in college. Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 152 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's going to be a great episode, and I have a little bit of a background story for you to introduce our guest today. Now, a lot of you know that me and my good friend, best friend actually, Chris Ducker and I from chrisducker.com, he and I, whenever he comes to San Diego, he lives in the Philippines, but whenever he's in town, we do a mastermind session with about 20 people who come in and uh, it's called the one day business breakthrough event. And what we do is everybody gets 15 minutes in the hot seat and we break their businesses down. And uh, collectively, we all help that person breakthrough those issues and problems that they have. And there's so many success stories that have come out of these days. It's just been so fulfilling for both me and Chris. Uh, You might remember Shane and Jocelyn Sams, who were alumni, and we've had a number of other alumni featured on the blog and podcast as well. But this person was at our latest One Day Business Breakthrough event. He's an alumni from One Day BB. You can get more information about One Day Business Breakthrough at onedaybb.com. And actually, Chris and I have our next live event happening which is going to be bigger than the 20 person event there's going to be more people there live but also since a lot of people have been asking you know how can we get access to it if we can't fly out or we can't drive there or we don't want to go to a hotel or we just don't have time this is actually going to be broadcasted live over the internet as well and if you're watching live on the internet you'll be able to network and connect with other people as if you were there too so it's going to be really really cool check it out you can go to one day bb.com slash live well, this person who is our guest today, his name is Cole Humphus, and he owns coalsclassroom.com, which is a photography site. And there are two things I remember from Cole and his day at One Day BB with me and Chris. The first thing is just the way he got his business started and the way he monetized his business was a, it's a really interesting story, and he tells that story here about how it was really a guest post that someone else posted on his site that really took things off for him. So we have a lot of lessons that can be learned from that and how he's taken that and has grown his business since then. Um, he is also actually, by the time this episode goes live, I believe he will have just quit his job. So congratulations, Cole, if you're listening to this now, and I think a lot of us out there at the end of this will want to congratulate you as well, especially knowing how well you are doing too. But the other thing I want to mention about Cole that I remember is because this is sort of a mastermind event, this one-day business breakthrough thing. Anybody can participate and help each other out, and Cole is one of those standout students, I guess you could say, who was really, really outspoken with uh, advice and tips and opinions and help other people's stuff. I mean, he was just so generous with his time and his, his effort of thinking about how to help other people. He's just one of the, you know, one of those guys who when you meet and you just talk to him for a minute, you can already tell that this guy is like just such a nice down to earth guy. And you'll hear that in this episode too. So without further ado, let's welcome Cole Humphus from coalsclassroom.com. What's up? Welcome to the Smart Passive
1: Income podcast, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome.
0: Dude, this is going to be super cool because I mean we've met in person before, we've had dinner before, and actually we first met at one of me and Chris Tucker's one day business breakthrough events. You were one of the uh, live attendees, and dude, you just you just killed it. I mean, what you have going on is so amazing. I can't wait to share what you are doing. So why don't you do that? Why don't you introduce yourself and what what you're doing online to generate an income?
1: Sure thing. Yeah, so I run my website is ColesClassroom um, dot com, and Coles Classroom is really. It's all about making you a better photographer and sort of the way I, obviously there's a whole lot of people out there doing that. And, um, I think that one of the main differences between Cole's classroom and other photography blogs is I'm really focused on community. And what I mean by that is not just having a place where, you know, in a forum type aspect, um, with a, with a group and all that, but really just giving, focusing on giving that personal touch, um, to, you know, my email subscribers, whether it's blog comments or emails, just really me myself getting involved to give that personal touch to an otherwise very distant online world. So, um, you know, that's as Cole's classroom has sort of grown, um, it's sort of, I've sort of started to narrow down the niche towards, uh, even some predominantly photo editing, but, um, mm. it's all out there and, and it's just been awesome. I started in 2012, sort of the very end of 2012, and uh it's just after a six or seven months sort of slow grind, as you can imagine and and you recall probably those early days um once you get a little momentum it is it's awesome i just I just love it, and I can't wait to share um you know everything I can about some of the initial success stories that I have with your audience
0: yeah, and thank you again for being here and One thing I remember about you, Cole, is when you attended that one day business breakthrough event. you were so helpful and so giving to everybody else who was there helping them with their businesses and sharing ideas and just being so open. So, I mean, I can already tell this is gonna be an amazing interview. And I wanna go back to what you talked about. First thing you said when I asked you what your business is, you started talking about the difference that you in the photography space has over, over everybody else, what your sort of unfair advantage is. And I, I, I want everybody to pay attention to that because it's so key. Yeah. And it was just so cool to hear you say that that was the first thing because even before you get into the business, you have to think about, okay, what's gonna make yours different than everybody else's? And you talked about the personal touch and that's a great advantage to have because nobody's like you. Nobody's like everybody out there who's listening. And when you can make that personal touch and another site that maybe they, they're bigger and have better stuff, if they don't, they're gonna more likely gravitate to you because you're the one actually paying attention to them and caring and actually doing things. So what are some examples of how you give a personal touch to your audience?
1: Sure thing, like I sort of um, sort of mentioned, but I can definitely go into more detail. I mean, it's the hardest thing is as you grow, and as the audience grows and you have more blog comments, you have more YouTube comments, you have more e- people emailing you, um, whether it's questions or just to say hello, as as you grow in general and as I'm experiencing now, it does get harder to sort of keep up with that personal touch. But I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of touching on what I've done and what I still feel I'm keeping up with pretty well, it's, a, it's the simple things, really. It's just simply responding, giving that giving that person an email reply and thanking them for, um, you know, giving you some kind words or responding to those blog comments, um, answering their questions. And most recently I've launched an actual, um, via a Facebook group, I've sort of created this community. And of course it is a free community. Um, and it has grown in about five or so months to about 3000 members, which is amazing. And I'm in there, you know, I, I, I spend time being in there and answering people's questions. So it's just like you with Ask Pat and all of the the awesome info that you've provided to your audience. That's what people really, that's what sort of separates you from other podcasts or other blogs. And that's what I'm just simply trying to do. And it's really, to be honest, not a matter of me trying to do it to make more money or be more successful with business. It's because I enjoy giving that personal uh, feedback and, and giving that personal element. Um, that's really sort of what it's, it's a passion to sort of give that value that I know they aren't getting elsewhere. Cause a lot of other blogs, maybe they're, what they're expecting is to write an email to someone and they're expecting to not hear any, anything back. Mm-hmm. And I know you get that a lot. If you respond to someone, they're probably a lot of times surprised to hear from you and that surprise element that goes a long way.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's very true. And I've over time, As the business has grown, it's been really hard for me to respond to everybody.
1: It's very hard, yeah.
0: And so I've been outsourcing a lot of the responses. Not necessarily outsourcing, but I have an assistant, an executive assistant. Her name is Jessica. You heard her in episode 115, who responds for me, not as me, but for me, for certain emails. And the emails that have to go through to me do get Put through to me, and when I respond to those, I still get the same effect. People, wow, you actually responded, and people often ask, "Is this Jessica or is this Pat?" it's so, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, but let's let's rewind, go back to 2012 when you first started this. Did you have a job at the time that you started this site?
1: Yeah, I'll give a very quick sort of background with sort of how I sort of got involved with the online space, and and even a little before that. So, um, you know, out of college, I started working for a finance company here in San Diego, actually. Um, and you know, me and I think I sort of had some entrepreneurial spirit that I never really totally knew, but, um, me and my buddies at lunch, a lot of times we would just sort of talk about business ideas and sort of, we were trying to think of, you know, what could we do to get out of the corporate grind, so to speak. And, um, this was in 2008 and, um, one day, I had the idea of wedding photography and, you know, I got so jazzed on this idea because to me, Mr. Sort of Business, I thought this is the perfect side gig. It is, it'll happen on the weekends. I'll work during the week and I can have this extra income. And, um, I went and told a few people and they just laughed at me because they said, well, you don't even have a camera. You aren't a photographer. And I said, well, you know, I understand that, but it's <laughs> with the internet. I, I mean, I sure I can teach myself. And at the end of the day, if it's not something I enjoy, or if it's not something I can do or am good at, I'll just simply have a decent camera. And um, so I won't go into the details. But the the, the company was born, called Joseph Photography, and to this day, five years later, we have um, grown, um, you know, through the ranks and become one of the uh, top wedding photographers here in San Diego. And it's just been amazing. So, you know, that was sort of where my passion for photography started, albeit at the at a level of purely business, but it quickly turned into passion. And um, in 2012, I was doing an actual photo shoot for a fellow um, internet marketer, buddy of mine. And I was asking him about his website and stupidly, you know, or naively, I should say, I said, how's your website doing, man? Are you, he said, oh, it's good. I said, are you making a lot of money on advertisements or what? I'm sure you've heard that before, Pat, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, well, no, I'm doing these summits. And long story short, I picked his brain. And after that photo shoot, you know, and I told him, I said, well, that's funny, dude, because I've been thinking about doing um, photography online. And he said, oh, you would kill it. So I went back to the computer and I sort of instantly started researching blogging and online business. Um, slowly after that came across Smart Passive Income. And, um, just sort of hit the ground running, so I launched my first YouTube video in October two thousand twelve, and um you know it's been a, a grind um but albeit a a nice steady run ever since
0: so the first thing you did was did, did you so you set up a website, and then the first thing you did was kind of had a you had a youtube video, which was about what
1: sure sure it's actually it's sort of funny you say that, so um the first video I ever did was actually um it was just a a run through of our exact wedding photography equipment that we use or we take to every wedding. And what's funny about that is, you know, it's really hard being on video. (laughs) Mm Um, it's very scary. It's very intimidating, but I knew right from the get go that I wanted to not only go after Google, meaning organic written blog posts, search engine optimization type thing. I wanted to sort of attack the YouTube, um, market, so to speak. And, um, so I was sort of doing a tag team. I did have a blog. I, I instantly had Kohl's Classroom.com launched, and I was starting to write, but I was also doing YouTube videos. And uh, the funny thing was, was that first video, I mean, I think I cropped my head out because the video <laughs> uh, aspect ratio was different than what I was used to. And I looked, and I sounded nervous, and that ended up for, I think, the first year had more views than any other video. So it was sort of ironic that, in my mind, Um, Probably the poorest video that I had done ended up being the one that sort of helped launch me and get my audience.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a great story. And I I really love the fact that when you first started and had these inklings to uh, become an entrepreneur, you went into a niche that you had hardly any experience with. I mean, I'm sure you've taken photos with like a digital camera or your phone at the time, but you didn't even have a professional camera yet. You wanted to be a wedding photographer and then you (laughs) did that. I mean, that, that story alone is just really cool and shows that no matter where you're at, you can always make a change in your
1: life. Totally. And, you know, I think the thing is as well is, you know, especially for anyone else in the audience, um, or listening who, Maybe, maybe they've been following you for a long time and they, they have their own ideas that they want to do something in the online realm and they want to get a piece of the action, but they feel they don't have time. You know, it's sort of the, it's just like me. I didn't, even if time wasn't the issue, it was the fact of I hadn't even owned a camera before. So all I'm trying to say is, is if you want something bad enough, you're going to make it happen. And um, in this day and age, there's so many amazing resources available what, I mean, from building websites to producing videos to there's so much technology and so much knowledge out there on the web. Um, there's no time. I mean, this is like unprecedented times, you know, where it's out there for, for you to go after. And it's just so, so inspiring. Mm-hmm. So you
0: did your work on the weekends, obviously, cause you're doing wedding shoots and you still had your job at the time when you did, when you went into wedding photography or did you kind of quit to go full time?
1: No, no. Um, I I, I was definitely still employed and I actually am just about one month away from one month to the day of, um, quitting my full-time job. So it's sort of, this is sort of a timely, uh, podcast (laughs) because it's a real exciting time for me and, um, it's time to sort of ramp up and scale up and, um, get away from the corporate job.
0: So you have this successful photography business, you have a successful online photography related business yet you're still
1: working a nine to five job. Pretty crazy. I know.
0: Well, talk about that. Why, why, what, what made you quote, stick around for so long?
1: Well, you know, a lot of people, I think when they, you know, now know that I'm quitting my job and you know, I, it's, it's, it's not the cheapest cost of living here in San Diego. So I definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, the people might think, oh, you're crazy to be quitting your job, you know? And, um, but the, The truth is, is I'm really, so they think I'm really risky because, you know, I have this house and I got this, you know, my wife and how are you going to do it? You know, with, with just weddings or a lot of them don't even know the, the magnitude that online business can really have. But the truth is, is I'm really not that risky of a guy. Um, So, you know, to answer your question, it's, I've been able to have, I've been able to spend my time smartly enough and work smartly enough that I've been able to juggle all three things. And of course, when you, when you're able to have build these things that even if they start on the side and they're growing on top of your day job, which is paying a very nice salary, sometimes it's hard to just walk away because at the end of the day, I'm still going to be walking away from a very nice amount of money, which is a for sure thing each and every month and putting food on the table. So, you know, in terms of why I was doing it, um, it was really just, um, to continue to really just make sure that I was making a right, a financially wise decision and ultimately set myself up um, to where I could go ahead and quit. And by the way, my wife is quitting as well. So we're doing this double whammy. Wow. Um, But by building them both on the side for so long, we now have the confidence that we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay now because we've already sort of um, busted our butt juggling it all Mm -hmm. um, for the last couple of years.
0: So was it until you reached a certain level of savings or until you reached a certain level of income from the online stuff that you made this decision or what really spurred the decision to finally just say, okay, it's time to go full time with this.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a big switch was sort of made, you know, probably about a year ago with me and the switch was really mentally finally realizing that there's more, there's a lot more in life than just money, right. And making money and, and working. And I, and it wasn't that I ever really wanted to work, say seven days a week, juggling three jobs forever, but I sort of moved up that timeline in my head, you know I looked at you know where where we've been, and yeah, we've been successful with with bringing in money and and building businesses, and it's been awesome, and that money's really given us freedom to go travel and do really cool things, but what we didn't have was we didn't have time, we didn't have time for for each other for family for the freedom to go travel to Europe for a couple of weeks, if we wanted to not have to worry about going back to a job. So sort of the big, you know, decision point was, Hey, we aren't getting any younger. Um, You never know what, what tomorrow will bring. So let's, let's change it up and let's live right now.
0: Love it. Thank you for being honest with that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's not, it's not to discount that obviously we wouldn't be making this decision. If Cole's classroom hadn't grown to a, a certain point, I didn't have an actual number in my mind, but this last year, which was my first year of actually monetizing the business, um, far exceeded my my gut goal that I had for 2014, and it really sort of opened up the idea that, wow, if we did this well with part-time work, um, I think we can really scale it up nicely if I had an extra 40 hours a week to contribute.
0: Can you give us some insight on what 2014 was like for you?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, so I launched my first product right at the, basically the end of 2013 in December. So pretty much 2014 was a first clean year start to finish. And I just, I didn't know what to expect in terms of dollars or anything like that. And I had this random number in my head of, man, it'd be great if I can make $50,000. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was, we passed that, I think around the mid-year point, And I was thinking, wow, this is really good. And I just sort of, put pedal to the metal and launched a couple more products and really went for it. And we ended up closing out the year at 135,000 in revenue. Um, Dude, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. I mean, it, it, it sort of in a way just blew me away, but it, like I said, it just showed me the potential that's there. Um, So, you know, today we're at, you know, we've grown the email subscribers to over Um, 46,000 growing about 150 new subscribers a day organically, I've been running some Facebook um, boosted post type things where where I'm getting another about 200 or so from that. So I'm definitely just in sort of scale up mode at the moment. And uh, it feels awesome. So you started the blog in
0: 2012 and then you started kind of posting on YouTube around the same time. And you said you didn't monetize until almost the end of 2013. So you went maybe a year and a half with purely providing content.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It was actually not quite a year and a half, but a little more than a year, but yeah. So, one full year of just purely content content and trying to build that audience.
0: And what made you decide to finally monetize? I think that's a big decision that a lot of people have to make. They may they may spend a lot of time building an audience and they might have an audience already and then they're they just kind of struggle with making that decision. Well, how can I monetize something that I've already done and given away for free? Give us your thought process when at the end of 2013, you were ready to monetize your site.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, especially with me or anyone out there who's, you know, doing this like online thing on the side, it's, it's, it's so nice to get kudos and blog comments, but those don't pay the bills. And, you know, there wasn't a doubt in my mind when I started it that ultimately I wanted to make money from Cole's classroom. Um, now, what happened was I didn't know when I launched Cold I didn't really have a plan for what that first product was going to look like, what it was going to be. And what happened was it just so happened that the one post that sort of went, got ranked really high on Google and started bringing in most of my traffic was actually on newborn photography. And, um, the sort of funny thing about that is that was actually a guest post that wasn't one that I wrote. <laughs> That's so I was so sort of weird. Yeah. And by the way, Crystal, um, Crystal Cienfuegos Photography. She's in San Diego and she's an amazing newborn photographer. She was a friend of mine. Um, so we were bringing in all these newborn photographers to the website. So instantly, light bulbs went off in my head and I thought, well, there I have it. You know, give the people what they want. Most of my list at the moment is for newborn photography. So we're going to create a newborn photography course. And naturally, I'm going to at least um, talk to Crystal and see if she wants to be involved on that. So we put together a sort of a A to Z, everything you need to know to become a successful newborn photographer. And that was our first course.
0: And how much did that course sell for?
1: That course launched at um, $197.
0: $197. Tell us, like, what is this course like? Is it videos? Is it a sort of webinar series where they get access to you?
1: Yeah, sure thing. It's, it's a totally, like, passive, you know, video workshop-type product. Um, you know, we... I had a videographer buddy who came over and we sort of, I mean, obviously we sketched out the outline sort of what is it that people are going to need to know if they want to get into newborn photography. And in literally one day, uh, one full day, we sort of, with our videographer, just banged it out on a couch uh, and, you know, just in front of the camera, just sort of, I was basically the host and sort of the uh, the teacher, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, helping ask, you know, Crystal these questions that people would want to learn from. And um, that was it. We, we also had a segment, which was literally we followed Crystal on a uh, an actual photo shoot. So that's smart over basically a day and a half of actual recording, put it together, um, edited it down and packaged it up. And that's it. So there is no membership type um, aspect or forum um, aspect to that course.
0: OK, so it's all a complete sort of. A suite of information to with videos and things like that to help people become newborn photographers put together in a day and a half, like listen to that, everybody, a day and a half in two days, you can have your course ready to go.
1: Well, that was just the recording. So. Oh, okay.
0: Well, I mean, still, yeah. And, and so obviously it took more time to set it up and things like that. And then walk us through the process of actually, okay, you have this, it's complete, this package is ready to go and the marketing of it before you push out and launch? How did you sort of get people ready for this? Or did you just put links on that post and maybe send an email out?
1: Yeah, you know, at that time, I actually sort of vaguely remember, I think my list was just shy of 10,000 subscribers. So I had a fairly um, decent sized list. Um, And, you know, it, it was as simple as marketing it through my list, which at the time I was using MailChimp. And, um, of course I did include links in a banner on that post that that to this day is still ranking in Google. But, um, for that initial launch, it was just a simple, um, email. And honestly, I don't even think I like had any follow-up emails and I sh- surely what didn't have the list segmented. Um, but if I recall, I think that first launch, so that, that product from that email, I want to say it brought in s- like $2,500 or 3000 or, or it might've been even a little less. I think it was somewhere around $2,000 right away, um, which, you know, isn't a lot of money. But at that time, I, I mean, I, I remember when my phone buzzed off with that special ringtone I had for Cole's Classroom. And uh, and that first sale came within, I think, like it felt like within 60 seconds from when I sent that email. Oh and gosh. instantly, like you just get this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I just made, I just made $200 and I'm sitting here. And, um, obviously that, that sort of is a little spark to go after it more and more and more and build more products and give more value.
0: Yeah. It just makes me remember my first sale and kind of just being so blown away by it. I had to go outside and walk around a little bit.
1: And then (laughs) I it's it's (laughs) sort of addicting.
0: Yeah. And then when I got back to my computer from that walk, there was another sale that came through and I was like, wow, this passive income thing is for real and so, speaking of passive income, this course is still available. I assume is it still making sales?
1: It is. It, it's actually been uh, the full sort of newborn suite of products because I also have some newborn Lightroom presets, which is a tool to really uh, for photo editing. And um, they they're definitely still probably one of the best selling products that we have. That's and so I think cool. a, I think a lot of that is you know I'm getting I'm getting warm leads every single day as long as that post that newborn photography tips post is still in Google. When people are searching for newborn photography tips, they're seeing my site right at the top. So, you know, it makes sense that that product is still selling so well because people are looking for help and here it is. And oh, by the way, if you want more, we have this workshop available.
0: That's really cool. So you have the newborn photography course, you have your, um, what was it? the, The Lightroom filters, is that what you said?
1: Right, so they're called Lightroom Presets. And it's for anyone who's not a photographer, uh, presets in Lightroom are essentially, um, I mean, there's, they're far more, um, complex than an Instagram filter, but it's the same idea. So it's basically just bundling a collection of settings, so to speak, so that with one click, you can have a uh, different look to your photos when you're editing.
0: That's very cool. How, how are those selling?
1: Awesome. People love the presets. You know, I, I, f- your, your podcast is one of the ones I listen to the most and I re- forget who it was, but I remember someone on your podcast on one episode talking about people want to buy tools, you know, give them tools. Um, and I think that idea of just give me the tools, you know, think of your consumers. They want something quick. They want a result quick. And um, I think that's why the presets for me have sold so well is because. People, they see my photos. They see that I'm using the presets. It's easy to show them in terms of how you apply them. And within five minutes, they could have purchased it, um, downloaded it to their computer, uploaded them or imported them into Lightroom, and instantly are applying my custom looks to their photos. So um, the presets definitely sell good, um, truthfully, a little more so than a lot of my more detailed um, video workshops.
0: Huh, interesting. Okay, so you have other workshops too, but let's talk about this tool, th- tools things really quick. That yeah. was Clay Collins from Lead Pages who had mentioned that. Perfect. And uh, he had mentioned that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do a lead magnet, some type of ebook or a giveaway, make it short and just make it about the tools. That's what that's what people want. You don't necessarily have to make that lead magnet a ninety page thing that people aren't really always gonna read anyway. So the the, the tools are a fantastic thing. And I know from experience through selling the Smart Podcast Player that it's just such a cool feeling to see people purchase something and use it and get what they pay for right then and there, as opposed to information, which people first have to consume and then put into action. And then even then they might not get the same results.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned Clay Collins was, that was the first webinar that I ever think I watched, which was the one that you did with him on lead pages and, and getting subscribers. And that was also the first product that I ever purchased on a webinar. I didn't mean to go and listen and end up coming out, purchasing something. And I did. And that was really um, sort of the what lit the spark at Cole's classroom was, you know, getting lead pages. And this isn't any sort of paid endorsement. I'm not even an affiliate of uh, lead pages, but literally um, it just ramped up my email subscriber list so much that from that point forward is how I've been able to bring on so many new email subscribers. I mean, my presets opt-in page over over a year's worth of data still has an average conversion of 65%.
0: See, this, this really excites me, Cole, when you talk about lead pages like this, because you know, unless you don't know already, I am an advisor for the company. And just to hear these types of things, which I hear all the time, it's really cool. Can you give us more specific uh sort of tactics and strategies on how you're building your email list whether they're li- related to lead pages or not um and, you know I, you don't need lead pages to obviously build a list and you can run a lot of the same tactics without it but uh how are you building your list so you mentioned a landing page for your um presets okay like how are you promoting that landing page and what are you offering
1: yeah sure thing so my main lead magnet is simply 15 free lightroom presets so um you know, a long time ago, I knew that I needed something really valuable that people would want, um, so I can build my list. And I came up with that even before I knew I was going to ultimately sell presets. And um, I use lead pages because, quite frankly, I'm not a graphic designer. I I'm I'm not very good at it at all, and I'm definitely not a web designer. And it's just so easy to make a highly uh, a page that really converts really well. And um, I swear so I didn't I,
0: I'm I swear I didn't pay you to say this. Everybody out there. Well, no.
1: I'm just, I mean, that's 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 the truth. And I'm sure there's so many other people out there that also aren't web designers. Um, so for me, it's just so simple and easy. And I mean, I like stats, so it's nice that you know they have it so you can split test. And um, anyways, lead pages is awesome. And the way I use lead pages is I have my one actual lead page. And the funny thing is, is at the time it was their what they would label as their, I think, simple lead page or lead conversion or opt-in page. And it has us, I'm still, u- I'm using the stock photo that they have on their <laughs> template of some girl in a, you know, some attractive girl looking at the opt-in box. Right. And I just said, well, let's give it a shot and see how the uh, statistics go. And if the conversion is failing, I'll try a different photo. And with a 70% conversion at the time, I thought, well, there's no reason to change it. But, um, On my website, I have various lead boxes. So in terms of my strategy, what I have is by blog category. So if someone is on a blog post about wedding photography, I have a lead box at the bottom of that, or I have a button rather, which links to a lead box um, that is basically targeted with my my copy, my words, to try and appeal to wedding photographers, to give them more wedding photography info. Mm -hmm. And on a photo editing blog post, I have... Something targeted for hey, you sign up and get my free presets, and in addition to lead pages and lead boxes, I use um opt in monster, so I have a pop up. I have an opt in pop up that um actually converts very well too that converts about I think six or seven percent of um you know in terms of cold traffic coming to the site. And like I mentioned in the beginning, I just now started with um a Facebook you know Facebook ads, but really it's more of a Facebook boosted post which has been working really, really well for me for those presets. And I send them straight to the lead page. The I don't even mess with having them go to my website. I just want them to go straight to that 65% converting lead page.
0: Because then that's where they get on your list and then you can take care of them from there.
1: Right. And on Facebook right now, I'm my average client acquisition cost on those subscribers on my ad spin is like no more than 20 cents a pop. So you're
0: paying essentially through Facebook ads, 20 cents per email that's coming into your email list. Right. And then, of course, you take them through a process where you eventually sell them uh, or pitch them something. Can you go through the process of what happens when people subscribe to your list? Do you have those lists segmented based off of those types of posts
1: that you mentioned earlier? I did. So, I mean, recently, I actually, as you remember, when we had dinner, I actually had moved from MailChimp over to Entreport And, um, without going into details, I've since moved to Infusionsoft, which I'm loving. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm with Infusionsoft now. And, um, with Entreport, I had set up different funnels so that if someone came in for wedding photography, they were in the wedding photography funnel and, you know, and what that consisted of wasn't even products. That's just pure content, which obviously would be tied to that subject, Mm -hmm. um, photo editing, and then I even have a category, you know, which is beginner photography. And what I realized from the statistics was, um, sort of much to my <laughs> dismay, sort of, was I really was hoping to have more people coming in from a wider variety of those topics. And I didn't see that at all. Most of my traffic, most of my subscribers, they're coming in to learn about photo editing. They're coming in for me to teach them about Lightroom. Um, so, you know, with that said, I didn't want to have all these funnels if I, most of the people weren't even entering the funnels to begin with. Mm-hmm. So in Infusionsoft, um, the way my email list or my funnel and my uh, my sequences look is they opt in and they instantly get their welcome email. They get it's very personal in tone and it's very appreciative that they're they're here. I give them the link where they can go grab their free presets and I let them know in the next day or two you're going to get some awesome stuff from me. So make sure to stick around because I'm going to send you my very best. Um, tutorials that, you know, the most popular ones that I've ever published. Uh, perfect. And the very next day I give them another or their very first tutorial, which is uh one on Lightroom, uh, fixing skin tones and photo editing. But before I go into the content there, I actually start off the top of the email, letting them know a little bit more about myself. Cause I really want to sort of let them know I'm a real person and they're, they're hearing from me. So I have a couple photos and I sort of talk about the photos. Um, one of them is me playing guitar, you know, and I talk about my band. Nice. And another one is Nicole, my wife, with um, our our little dog, Chloe, our little Yorkie. And, you know, the, the whole point is to sort of really quickly show them, A, thanks for being here. B, I'm a real person. And more importantly, I got a lot of value to send you, so stick around. And from that point on, I think right now I have about 15 different emails in the sequence and every fourth or fifth, um, I go about three or four of pure content. And then I have a product, um, you know, that I, that I offer them or, or show them if they want to learn more. Mm-hmm. I, now I, I am planning on re- revising that and really putting in some sort of if then type logic. But, um, since I just moved literally to Infusionsoft, Two weeks ago, I haven't got to that point.
0: Right, but I still think it's really insightful what you talked about where you set up these funnels, but then you realize that just one of them was really the one that was taking off for you and you sort of shifted gears. And like you said, at the beginning of the podcast, you're sort of niching down even further.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, you know, like you say, the riches are in the niches and, you know, it, photography is such a general topic. It's so broad. And, you know, even at the business breakthrough and just anything, you know, just, it's so important to try and find your target client or your, your ideal audience. And it's hard, you know, and I sort of start off with sort of that wide net here's, I mean, I know wedding photography, so I have wedding photography and I know editing really well. And then I have business stuff. I mean, I am a businessman. I love talking about it and I have a lot of awesome, really, really some of my best stuff is on pricing and, and business but unfortunately, those are like some of the least visited blog posts I have. So it's sort of like, don't fight the tide, you know, if, mm-hmm. if the data is showing me that the people want photo editing help or photo editing tools, then uh, I should probably put a lot of my focus there.
0: Do you ever battle with the fact that this might not be going down in the direction that you thought it would be going down in terms of, you know, now you're starting to become the, you know, help me edit guy, the Lightroom guy. <laughs> Do you ever think about that?
1: I haven't because, fortunately, even before I started Close Classroom, I became a editing guy. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I really was on a mission to try and um, develop a process that was so efficient and so effective. Um, and I and I sort of did, you know. So I mean, I had to because if I, I was the first year that I was doing weddings, I was doing on top of my full time day job, and we did twenty eight weddings that year, and I literally couldn't afford to spend. 24 hours for every editing, for every wedding that we shot. I didn't want to. I mean, that just eats into your profits, right? So, you know, to answer your question, no, um, I'm okay with being the editing guy. And, um, you know, quite frankly, people, I'm starting to become known as the Lightroom guy, and I'm okay with that because it's something that I've put a lot of time and uh, sort of heart into um, becoming an expert in.
0: Yeah. Do you, I mean, I'm just going further with this because I'm also thinking about myself because- you know, as Smart Passive Income, we do a ton of different experiments in all different types of platforms and niches and things like that. I would feel like if I just stuck with podcasts and everything became only podcasts and everything I talked about was the, you know, I became known as the podcasting guy, there would be this whole group of people that I would be leaving behind. Um, And so I'm just wondering, you know, because I think a lot of people would feel the same way or you know, we w- I want to have a conversation about this in, just in case they are met with something uh, like this in the future. It's important to look at analytics and see what's working for you and go down that direction. But then there's a line there. Well, who might you be leaving behind? Should you even worry about them? Because what if you became known as the editing guy, but you're still getting all these newborn photographers coming and they're not really interested or maybe you just happen to be in a great situation because editing applies in all different facets of, of photography.
1: Totally. And I mean, I don't, I really don't have any intention on niching it down to where that's the only content that I'm showing because I still want to give value in, in more ways than just editing help. I mean, especially with my passion being on the business end of things as well. Um, but I mean, in terms of your example, Pat, I mean, it's somewhat different because I understand what you're saying about podcasts. You don't want to be only do podcasts if there's other people that live elsewhere and want to see you on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But I think the difference would be. Is that's a different platform, but it's potentially the same content. You're just delivering it in a different manner, right? Right. And and I'm a believer in that. I mean, I I'm a believer in sort of that's why um, I do YouTube videos because I think I think there's really and I, I actually am thinking about getting into podcasting because I think there's so much. They sort of there's pros and cons to each, you know, but there's so much value to be had when you can hear the voice on a podcast or when you can actually see a uh, on-screen tutorial or whatever. So I'm, I'm right there with you. And, but I, I would suggest and, and advise, not that I think you're going to do it, keep doing it all. <laughs> if you got the time for it, because you definitely will reach other people that some will prefer, um, the podcast and some like to read on the blog post.
0: Right. I mean, I, I know that I came to a point a year and a half ago where I had to make a decision to, do I expand on these other platforms or, for some it's go back to these platforms like youtube which i left behind but i'm now back with spi tv uh do do i do that and and burn out and risk the chance of having each of those things be just not up to par or do i hire more people to make that happen and yeah i eventually as most people know i've 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 hired people they're not employees they're contracted but i've worked with a lot of people to help me produce the things that i want to produce to get into all these different spaces and i i I know i'm sort of unique in that position in the online world where you know i feel like that i have to keep trying new things for the purposes of seeing how i can win with it or fail with it to help other people in case that happens to be the way that they want to do things but sorry this isn't a show about me this is a show about you
1: cool (laughs) No, I was about, I was just going to make sure I didn't go off on a tangent by continuing on with that thought you had.
0: (laughs) No, let's, let's bring it back home because we're closing up here and this has just been a fantastic interview. Cole. Why don't you tell us kind of what's on deck for you? So you built this successful online business. You're about to quit your job. Can you tell us, or do you have like a specific date on when you're going to do that?
1: When I'm quitting? Yeah. 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 Um, my last days, um, March 5th, so it's coming up quick and, um, we can't wait, but in tr- I mean, you know, what, what's, what the plan is going to be is really to really focus on scaling, um, the mm. business. And, um, my goal is to just really maximize building the email list, building the, that community and get, have the opportunity to really put out more content because, you know, I, I hit it hard in the beginning cause I had to, and luckily this last probably six months I've scaled back on how much new content I've put out and luckily, you know, the dollars have still been coming in. So that's good. But really I want to get into giving more value, putting out new content and um, we're going to, I'm going to have the opportunity to really focus more. And I, and that's the, that's been the hardest thing by juggling three different jobs is to really focus, especially when you have limited time. So I'm most excited about being able to focus and develop some new products and, um, I want to develop a membership sort of aspect and, um, to Cole's Classroom, um, and I'm actually starting all over again with my sister, who is an executive chef and had recently quit. Um, and she just, we just launched a site that I built for her called Cat's Kitchen Collective. And so I'm sort of, it's it's going to be interesting, but I definitely need the time because I'm trying to scale Cole's Classroom, which has already been up and running. But I'm also helping guide her to build her. Audience, and really, it's sort of forcing me to remember what it was like back in those early days. And it's she's off to an amazing start, but it's definitely um, <laughs> it's definitely humbling to go back to those early <laughs> those first months, you know?
0: Right. I mean, I felt the same way when I built Food Trucker, and uh, it was just it was nice to get into it again and see where I was, so I can remember how to teach people when they are starting out too. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Cool. Yeah, totally.
0: Man, this so okay. <laughs> your sister quit. You're quitting and and my wife wife is quitting too. We're
1: we're all quitting.
0: I mean, you're far from a bunch of quitters though. You guys are action takers. So that's so awesome. And cool. Again, thank you so much for sharing your story and these tips with us. It's going to be really, really helpful for people. And this show will go live less than a week after you quit. So I will be the first using my special time travel tools to congratulate you on quitting your job. And um, just, you know, we wish you all the best. Really quick, would you want to share your website URL one more time and maybe where else people can connect with you?
1: Sure. Yeah. No, thanks, Pat. It's been awesome. Um, people can uh, find me at colesclassroom.com. Go over there and grab your free presets. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the best way to get a hold of me is through Facebook um, at the Coles Classroom page um, or even email cole at colesclassroom.com. So um, absolutely feel free to send me an email. I'd love to hear from you all. Cool. We'll
0: have that all available in the show notes for everybody. So, uh, stay tuned. I'll tell you all the information about that. Oh, actually this will be episode 152 for everybody. So, uh, and then you can even wish him uh, good luck and congrats on quitting as well on the Facebook page. So we'll have all the show notes there. Smartpassiveincome.com slash session one, five, two Cole, you rock buddy. Thanks for all the inspiration. And, uh, we'll have to have dinner again sometime soon.
1: Sounds great, Pat. Talk soon, man. Talk
0: soon. All right, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Cole humphis again from Classroom.com. That's C-O-L-E-S classroom.com. And of course, we'll have all the show notes available for you at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 152. And thanks again, Cole, for coming on. We'll have to you know, get a dinner again sometime. He and I uh, live fairly close to each other, so we'll hang out. And I'll keep you up to date on his stuff too because he's got some great things going on. Uh, and I know just today, actually, he uh, did a webinar the day of this recording that uh, I'm recording this, right now, he did a webinar and he was just telling me how pumped he was for it. So Cole, congratulations, well done and thank you for sharing all your wisdom and uh, your experience, just such a cool story. I hope it inspires a lot of you out there and uh, hopefully gets a lot of you to take action just like what Cole's doing. Guys, I've, I've really been enjoying this podcast and I will continue to do it in the future for you. I know a lot of you have taken the information that I've shared here, the interviews that we've done uh, with other experts and other people, and and have actually taken action with it, and I just love you for that. I'm so thankful that I have an audience who uh, is actually not just learning, but learning and putting things into place to make change in their lives, and the lives of others, too. I mean, we're all here to serve other people, I hope. Um, But I know a lot of you also need a little bit more help. Uh, I've been getting messages left and right from people who have been asking for more and in, in deeper information about certain things. So what I've done is that I've actually put together a number of courses, and there's more courses coming in the future, thanks to your recommendations. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses, you'll see a list of the courses that are currently available there or that you can sign up for the wait list for. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. Check it out. I also want to thank audiobooks.com, one of the original sponsors here on the Smart Passive Income podcast. They're so awesome, they're such nice people, and this is how I listen to books. I listen to books on the go whenever I have the chance, and audiobooks.com is premium. So if you go to audiobooks.com SPI, you'll get a few things. You'll get a 30-day free trial, yes, 30-day free trial, and you'll get exclusive free access to my Amazon best-selling book, Let Go. You'll get the audiobook to that for free. The Kindle version is, is like 2 dollars but you can get the audiobook for free. Again, audiobooks.com slash SPI. is such a cool deal. Plus, you can get your first audiobook in addition to Let Go on audiobooks.com. So then if you like the service, you can enjoy a new book every single month after that. So again, check it out, audiobooks.com slash SPI. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Cole, for being a guest on the show today. And I can't wait to bring you next week's episode. Got a ton of great stuff going on. And I hope you all are enjoying SPI TV. If you don't know, but I have a TV show. It's not actually a TV show because it's not on television. You can't tune in on your box at home unless you are on iTunes. You can check it out. It's a video podcast or on YouTube as well. If you go to watchspi.tv, you can check that out. I've had a number of episodes go out. They come out every Friday and people are loving it. And I'm just loving getting back on YouTube and uh, getting in front of you guys in that way. So again, thank you so much. This is episode 152 and uh, I appreciate you guys. I'll see you in 153. Peace.